All right, so we're back to cutting room floor. Um, we're in the book of Exodus. And you want to start with uh, a bit of Bible trivia? Yeah, so I guess if you're with your friends and you need like an icebreaker or something or a fun trivia uh, question, uh, here's one for you. So when you're reading through the Bible, when is the first time the writing of the Bible itself is mentioned? So, so like this isn't like statues and ordinances. This is like the Bible says, write this down. Yeah, so basically when is the first time someone is writing down something yeah. that ends up becoming the Bible. the Bible. And it's explicitly clear. Like, for example, God says to, to someone, write this down yeah. to be remembered. So if you're reading through from Genesis, from left to right, kind of where in your mind might, you know, one, one might say, oh, this is where that first instance occurs. That is definitely something you do not learn <laughs> in kids ministry growing totally. up in church. Yeah. So... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. The great so reveal. The answer is in the book of Exodus. Okay. So this is kind of where we're at. Yeah. And in a couple of weeks, we'll get to more or less this section. But next to 17 is the first time the writing of the Bible is mentioned in the Bible. And okay. I get that language I'm using might be a little bit confusing, yeah. but hopefully it's clear as I kind of read this okay. just a few verses here. So Exodus 17 recounts, you know, this is, you know, after the Red Sea, they're journeying through the wilderness. They're on their way to Mount Sinai. Yeah. But pre Mount Sinai. The Israelites, they run into this group called the Amalekites, and they end up having this battle. And it's a semi-famous story where Moses, he's kind of up on this like kind of lookout on this hill-ish sort of location. And as long as Moses' hands are being lifted up, and he has his kind of assistant Joshua helping him with this, the, the, the Israelites end up defeating and gaining victory over the Amalekites. And after this battle happens... Yahweh, God, says to Moses, and this is the first time that this occurs, Exodus 17, verse 14, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered. Hmm. So this is the first instance as you're reading through the scriptures that you ever get any inclin inclination that someone is writing something down with the purpose of preserving it, remembering it for the sake of this is going to be passed on to future generations. And, you know, from our vantage point, yeah. it's... It's scripture. It's God's word so the to us. The first time that God says to write something down revolves around God delivering his people. Exactly. Yeah. And so there's people much smarter than me that have kind of pointed this out, that exactly what you're saying, Exodus 17, this is the story of God's deliverance, God's rescue. God is again, just like he just did with over against the Egyptians. He's now rescuing the Israelites over and against the Amalekites. Yeah. It's kind and of interesting though, right? It's like he's done a lot of things and now he's like, oh, Write this right, one this down. one down. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so this is just uh, to, to kind of frame, OK, maybe even asking the question, OK, what is the purpose of these stories and yeah. these scriptures? And when you look at it from this sort of perspective, one might easily come to the conclusion, I think rightly so, that the reason that we have these writings, these stories, these collections, these things to be remembered is that we would recognize that God is a God who is rescuing his mm. people That's and good. it's a salvation story. That, that fundamentally, at its core, at a yeah. to a certain level, the Bible is about the God's rescue yeah. of his people. Okay, so that's the first time. The first time, yeah. But I'm assuming this happens again. It happens again, yes. And it's still in the book of Exodus, and it's kind of in this okay. section that we're going to be coming uh, into contact with here in a few weeks. And it's in Exodus 24. Okay. And so kind of the, locate that for us. Yeah, so the frame of Exodus. Battle, they go to Sinai. Sinai, yeah. So from Exodus about 16, 17, 18, they're kind of journeying in the wilderness. Yep. Exodus 19, they come to the foot of Mount Sinai, which okay. they will spend for a whole calendar year at the base of Mount Sinai. Yep. 
Uh, X is 20. Time. It's a long year. Yeah, it's a long, long time. Yeah. And it's like the kind of pinnacle, the central focus of the Torah of the Pentateuch is yeah. this one year at Mount Sinai from Exodus 19 to Numbers 10 is when they leave Mount Sinai. Okay. Um, but 19 through 24 is its own sort of mini section. Exodus 20 is the famous Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. And from there you have, yes, the Big Ten, if you want to call them that, in yeah. Exodus 20. But then Yahweh, God, gives 42 more sort of covenant stipulations. And what ends up happening in this section from 19 to 24 is Yahweh has again rescued his people. He's brought them to the foot of Mount Sinai. Okay. And he initiates this covenant or this formal relationship where mm -hmm. God says, you are my chosen people, that you're going to be a, a royal nation, a, a, a royal priesthood, yep. and that you're going to represent me. And so I have rescued you. But as he gives these sort of covenant stipulations, or we call them sometimes the Ten Commandments, plus these 42 more throughout these chapters, it's sort of this frame that God is saying, as my rescued people, here's how you are to live. Here is some guidance for being, you know, my people in this world. And so Exodus 24 verse 4 is sort of kind of the, the, the tail end of this section where you read very simply, Moses then wrote down everything Yahweh had said. Hmm. And what Yahweh had just said was these, again, these covenant stipulations, these, this guidance, if you will. Yeah. So the first time thing, something's right, and God says, write this down after the Malachite. Second mm -hmm. time is all these rules, commands, stipulations, yeah. statues, invitations, like, Moses is like, oh, man, I got to write this write down. Write these down. Yeah. And just kind of as a, and we'll get to this when we talk about Exodus 20, you know, on, yeah. on Sunday morning, the Ten Commandments. But the frame of these commandments and, and sometimes stipulations might be a, a yeah. little bit off-putting. But it's, again, in the context of relationship. Sure. God has rescued his people yeah. and God is wanting to form them and shape them yeah. to be the kinds of people that represent him well yeah. in good. this world. And Moses is writing these things down yeah. as future guidance That's for good. future generations. All right, so first time writing is deliverance. Second time is guidance. Guidance, yeah. So you have deliverance, guidance, and I'm guessing there's a third. There's more, yes. And we could keep doing this, you know, yeah, yeah. forever and ever. Let's but do the top three. Let's just do the top three for today. The, the, yeah. the last or the third one or the last one in this sort of kind of mini-series here is actually at the end of the Torah, the book of Deuteronomy. Okay. And so the kind Torah of is the first five, five books. Five books of the Bible, okay. yeah. So Deuteronomy being the last of those five. Yep. And in the, kind of the section we're in now is uh, chapter 31, which kind of is in this final section. It's really mo kind of Moses' final words to the yep. people before they go into the... He has parting words before they go in the parting par land, or part promise, the promised promise land, land. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't. He doesn't, yes. Yeah. And that's a whole other thing that we'll yep. talk about um, in a couple of weeks as well. But at the end of Deuteronomy, Moses is, again, recounting these sort of last final words to the people. Yep. And it, it says in Deuteronomy 31 that Moses finished writing the words of this Torah or this teaching on a scroll. And then Yahweh says, take this scroll of teaching or the scroll of the law and place it beside the Ark of the Covenant so that it may remain there. And here's the key phrase or the key clause as a witness against you. Hmm. And kind of the frame within the last chapters of Deuteronomy is that Moses is speaking and he's yeah. basically foretelling that Israel, you've said back in Exodus 19 and Exodus 24, you're going to do all these things. But Moses knows inevitably they're going to fail their this end of, of the bargain. Like yeah. this is not going to end well yeah. uh, for Israel. And so the purpose here in Deuteronomy 31 and into 32 through 34 is that these writings, again, this is the third time the writing of the Bible is mentioned, is so that they would have sort of this witness, the scriptures mm. being this witness yeah. against Israel yeah. to more or less, I mean, for lack of a better term, 
kind of call them out yeah. as they kind of That's go good. to the left or to the right and don't yeah. stay on the, the So you path. have first time deliverance, second time guidance, third time is sort of like witness, accountability, mm-hmm. a reckoning. Like exactly. there's some yeah. sense of like, we can go back to this. Mm-hmm. And you even see it a little bit like King Josiah, right? When he finds exactly. the scrolls, mm-hmm. these written documents, he's like, oh my gosh. Totally, yeah. We've totally drifted. You've gone astray. They actually bring the people of Israel back in line right before exile. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think we can experience this a little bit in ourselves, right? For like sure. as we turn back to the scriptures, why do we read these things? Exactly. Right? So so we're reminded that God is our deliverer, mm-hmm. not us. Exactly. Right? We can take God's guidance for not our, our lives <laughs> versus just our best thoughts. Yeah, or making up as we go. Yeah. And it holds us accountable. Mm-hmm. It gives us a sense of no, 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 but what does the scripture say? I'm glad Tony you want to do that or Aaron you want to do that or whatever, but like what does the scripture say, right? It creates a level of accountability. Mm-hmm, for so sure. we even see how these first three incidences yeah. actually provide us windows or a framework even for how does the scripture function in exactly. our lives. Yeah, for sure. And I think it's helpful to just even see this in kind of its narrative form yeah. of how like on its initial run, if you will, yeah. as it's kind of, you know, breaking into the people of God, the scriptures, you get to see how are these scriptures designed and what their purpose is That's for cool. and by extension, how they yeah. can apply and be used in our lives. Well, it's cool to see how, like, I think often we sort of operate in like a principle, like tell me mm-hmm. the f- three principles about the Bible. And it's like, no, no, actually this isn't a story. Yeah. It's sort of yeah. baked into the narrative and the story. And it's one of those things where you can actually easy for us, I think probably as Western readers to skip over and be yeah. like, okay, yeah, I wrote it down. But you realize, oh no, no, when you zoom out, it's like, oh, actually, this is really rich. For sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think this is why you know throughout church history and especially going all the way back to the nation of Israel, why you you go back into the Psalms and they have all these Psalms about how they cherish and they delight and they mm, savor God's teaching because yeah. they recognize that in the context of when this was originally given to them. It was in these key moments where God was delivering them and God was guiding them and shaping them and forming them. And God was holding them accountable that they would represent him well in the world. And so the same can apply for us today. Yeah, it'd be interesting to sort of go through Psalm 119 or just pick chunks and be like, huh, this is why. Yeah. Because the scriptures remind us that God delivers us. Yeah. They remind us of the guidance he gives us. For sure. And they sort of help us stay mm-hmm. on the straight and narrow yeah. as we're trying to figure out what does it look like to faithfully follow For him. sure. Yeah. And when Israel goes in the promised land, maybe kind of the last thought here, Joshua chapter one is that he, God tells Joshua, stay on this path mm. and do not depart from the right or the left and meditate on this word, on this teaching, yeah. referring back to, in context, Genesis through Deuteronomy, I, wow. I, I think. Yeah. And this is what, is what is going to lead and guide you wow. as you hold fast to the That's scriptures. Powerful. So, Thanks, man. Cool.